Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to another edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We have some great stuff in store. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Joining us now is second place finisher in the Snowball Derby and also the winner of the Pro Late Model Snowflake 100, Derek Thorne. Derek, thank you again for joining us this year. How are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Safe travels, man. Did you get back to California safely and all? Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody always got back on uh, about Thursday. It takes them about three and a half, four days to get back. So back, I'm done. Out of the trailer, up on Jackson's, ready to debrief. And- hopefully go through everything make sure everything's up to snuff and prepare again for next year well let's first talk about your season there you capped off another championship in the srl southwest series it looks like you ran about 10 or 12 races total including snowball weekend and you won 10 of them just an incredible season it is you know we had the nine of ten races in the tour we went up to washington for the summer show and this year didn't have much we ended up wrecking our pro late and then we finished fourth i think in the in that race, but no, you, know, you can't ask for a much better season. The last two years, you know, last year we were eight nine in the two. And, you know, the hard part is I think the West is kind of considered weak. The East, so I feel like it's kind of our responsibility. You know, when we have stats like that, people really look at you know maybe the series out here is not as competitive or not as tough. But it's nice when we go back to the Derby run as well as we do because I feel like it keeps the West Coast map. I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned that on the Snowball Derby. Um television show there and why do you think that is because there is some really good talent out by you there is i think it's just the way it is it's just the nature of the east you know i think east coast is you know america's racing hub right that's where most of the show in north carolina is a nascar you know so i think over the years the last you know 50 years you know i just think it's just kind of naturally developed to be where you know most great teams or drivers come from and I think out west we just don't like as big of a splash, you know, it's just kind of, I think it's just something that's been going on for the last 50 years, though, so I feel like it was 10 years ago was my first trip back to the Derby um, when we flipped, you know, and I feel like, um, you know, fast forward 10 years, I feel like now there's at least a handful of representatives, you know, that represent California and the West Coast in general that come back to the Derby and compete pretty well. Hey, you know, you run identical cars when we look at them on pit rotors on TV there. Can you tell us the difference between a Pro Late and a Super Late? Right. From a distance, they don't look much different. Same bodies. You know, we had similar wraps on each one. Um, they, they go through the same templates. Um, they both have to weigh the same. Really the only difference with our Prolate to Stuplate is the engine combination. You know, our Stuplate makes about six horsepower to dry some systems, so the oil tank's behind the driver's seat. And then you have your Prolate, which makes about four horsepower, which is more like a conventional wet-slap wet engine that's like a street car. Um, you know, those make about four horsepower, so Theoretically, it's about it. About horsepower, two and a horsepower difference is about the only difference from the two. Is there also a uh, tire size difference too when you run those two different cars? No, there's not. That's the nice thing about it. It's the same tires, same wheels, same left side weight, same overall weight. Out here on the West Coast, I feel like we kind of got off pace a little bit. I'm kind of bummed. Like the pro late divisions out here is a different animal altogether. Different shocks, spring wheels, tires, weight engine, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like I did a good job on the East Coast and keeping the pro. It's super stuff alive that way. When you have a younger kid that gets into a pro, 
the dad wants to in a couple of years move him up to a bigger engine he can grab it you know switch a different engine and run the same car well i, I would have thought there was a tire difference there is here from what we call limited lates up here but um that's yeah. inter- that's that's really interesting well you were able to sit on the pole for both races, not only this year, but last year, and also your third consecutive Snowball Derby poll, what is it about you and your team that uh, is able to do that in qualifying? Because that's a pretty impressive feat. It is. You know, Mike Keen uh, has been a crew chief now for me for 10 years. Uh, Byron Campbell has been the owner. You know, Mike was around before I was. And uh, about three or four years ago, we got with Fury, started working on our stuff with them. And uh, ever since then, I feel like we've really kind of had a lot of consistency at the Derby. Mike's on a really good base package that works well there. We fine tune when we show up. And, um, man, it's crazy to think, too, with the amount of talent and teams that are there. It's cool to think that three years in a row, three years in a row, we've been able to sit on the pole, not only for the pro, but also the super. Yeah, you know, there was six cautions in that snowflake. You know, you led every lap <laughs> unbelievably. Um, yeah, you had to hit those uh, restarts on uh, every time, didn't you, there? Yeah, I did. Everyone with that last one. Last one, we got a little bit of tire spin, unfortunately, which allowed Chandler to get up to us. But, yeah, to be able to stay out front, you know, Priest was keeping us honest for a while, and Chandler Smith was keeping us honest for a minute. You know, it's just it's one of those things. I mean, you almost got to be perfect when you're racing against guys like that. And a lot of talented people in the pits as well working on them, you know, making those things fast. So you got to be on your toes at all times because, you know, when you come in even at a halfway break or one of those competition cautions, you got to be on your toes and make some small adjustments because, you know, those guys behind you are making changes to make their stuff better. So it's your job to make sure you stay on top of your, stay on top of it yourself as well. Yeah, let's continue talking about the snowflake there. Like Mark said, you led every lap there, had to hit those restarts perfectly. Um, last year, you had a really fast car as well, but it fell off a little bit. Do you guys, was that something that you focused on going into the snowflake this year? Yeah, so we have to run, you know, it's mandated that we run a spool um, in the pro and the super. Um, you know, with the super late, you got, you know, three pit stops throughout the races versus the pro. You know, it's the pro race is very similar to what we run out here in the SRL. You qualify, they impound them, you can't touch them, don't touch anything, but pretty much air pressure is all you can adjust, right? So when you go into qualifying for the pro, you're stuck with what you got. And that's the hardest thing about it. Sometimes you got to sacrifice the qualifying speed for long run speed. Fortunately for us, our car had great short run speed and the long run speed was consistent. But the biggest thing from year to year was the, you know, two years ago or a year ago, the, our stagger blew up, you know, and some we really couldn't control, you know, you get four tires out of the tire barn. Sometimes they cooperate and sometimes they don't. So unfortunately some things out of your control sometimes, no matter how good you are, sometimes there's a little bit of luck involved as well. I want to go back to snowball derby qualifying and, you know, being on the pole three years in a row has never been done before, but you were really reserved uh, uh, during your interview there and you knew there was more work to be done. Talk about that a little bit. You know, I think it's just for us, you know, we enjoy the pole. We want to be there, but I feel like the derby is our main focus. So I I try to keep myself in check emotionally because it's just one of those things you get through the day at a time. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited on the inside, but at the same time, trying to stay focused on the big gold, knowing that, you know, the Derby on Sunday is our main focus. So it's so cool to be back against the guys like that. But at the end of the day, you know, it sucks to come so close two years in a row and then to kind of lose in the last 10 laps. So, you know, that was still fresh in my mind when we were qualifying, you know, just thinking about the Derby itself and making sure we cross our T's and dot our I's and not only have a fast car, but obviously a car to get us to the end. You know, these last couple of years, we've been running to the competition caution uh, both times, you know. Are you leaning that way to kind of set the car up to be on a long run? 
Uh, it is, and yes, yes and no. I mean, we found a good package, but we never run that many laps in, in practice. You know, we, we've run, I think our max amount of laps we ran consistent is maybe 20 to 25. And it's almost impossible to tell exactly what it's going to be like after a certain amount of laps because day-to-day the weather changes, right? And the, the rubber gets laid down and you got you know, 36 cars, you know, four tires each car laying down, you know, 100 laps with the rubber. So the track's just going to change throughout the day, especially as it starts to cool off as well. So we prepare. I feel like I find a car, the balance I'm looking for, and then each competition costume we adjust for it a little bit. You know, but this year um, was unique because usually, um, like, we fire the race off on scuffs. We qualify on them. Um, and you get to scuff them right before the race. And then we had two or three cautions there in the first 30 laps, which allowed to get heat cycles on the tires. Well, the second and third sets, we fired off straight green flag on sticker tires and had to do, you know, 60, 70 laps on a set of fresh rubber, which is tough because a lot of times you just end up with tire issues. And a lot of guys did. They were blistered and choking right fronts. Um, stuff like that, asking to do what you're asking it to do and have it survive, especially when it's, it's fresh and green without any heat cycles on it. You were able to stay up front for the majority of the day on, on Snowball Derby there, leading, I think it was 287 laps. Uh, I don't know where that stands in all-time records, but it's got to be close if it isn't one. Um, yeah. And, uh, talk about that a little. Yeah, no, we actually we set the record the year prior. I think Chase Elliott had it at one point in time um, a few years back, and then we set a new record last year with uh, 250 laps led then we broke our own record again this year with 287 i think a lot of that you know um two years ago or a year ago was their first time doing the competition caution style setup instead of live pit stops so years ago you used to see a lot more shuffling of the field because of the live pit stops guys would come in have the good teams or have different you know they'd have a five on five you know package instead of the wide five and they'd be a lot faster and you'd see guys fall back or shuffle to the field so you know, I think now that there's just a competition style um, layout, it's just kind of breeds more of the lap sled thing like we've been doing. What are your thoughts on uh, going live versus uh, competition caution there? What do you prefer? Well, I'm the kind of the, I'm the travel arrangement guy as far as hotels and rental cars and flights and logistics and people. Um, so I enjoy the heck out of not having pit stops. It was a pain in the butt. You know, it's. You're getting, you have to fly guys in, get them hotel rooms, get them rental cars, making sure you have the right pit equipment. You know, they're making stops. You know, our studs on our wheels were five on five versus, um, I'm sorry, we're our course thread instead of fine threads. So you got to change your studs out on the wheels, and then we'd have one car set aside to have a five on five car so they could do it faster because your wide five stuff's just a lot slower. So logistics-wise, it's fantastic. You know, it was fun. It was a fun aspect to have for the fans and even for the drivers to do it once a year. But at the end of the day, I'm glad they, they did away with it. Well, let's get into meat and the potatoes about uh, the last few laps here. Um, talk to us about the last 13 laps. And then you said you wanted to see the replay afterwards and you were going to make a comment after that. Uh, tell, tell yeah. us what you think about that. Uh, yeah, you know, it was just, I guess, in the day, no matter – how it shook out or how he went about it, you know, he's just to finish second at the Derby after being so close, just an utter disappointment. And, you know, it's easy to be pissed and frustrated, and I still am. It's going to be one of those things you don't just get over overnight to be as close as we were to win the biggest race in the country. Um, you know, I feel like the movie made, in my opinion, was was crap, um, the way he did it and where he did it. But at the end of the day, he got the trophy and we didn't. And no matter how much I complain about it, it's not going to change anything. Similar moves two years in a row uh, and near the end of the race, and we've been so, so close. Um, does do the moves that have been put on you the last two years, and specifically, I guess, this past year, change your mindset at all about how you're going to race going into it in, in the future? 
Uh, not really. You know, you really can't sell, set yourself up for that. But it seems to be leading all the laps isn't really paying off for us, that's for sure. We almost got to rethink that. But at the end of the day, you know, you just always, always, you know, like a lot of the interviews I did throughout the week last week was just you want to be there in the final 30 to have a shot at it. And when I was racing Majeski the year prior, you know, he got into me, but it was a lot classier than the way Chandler did it. You know, it allowed us to put on a good show. You know, we ran side by side a couple times. I was able to move him. He's able to move me. But at the end of the day, I missed time my last crossover on him. And he's the one that got me this year with Chandler. You know, those final 10 laps, the way he got me, got me out of shape enough to where I was, shoot, up in the third groove, almost bouncing off the fence. And then I was stuck three wide with second and third. So never really got a chance to put on a show for the fans. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to have to rethink, you know, if we're in that position again, we ever get a shot at it. You know, it's just one of those things where, you got to put their feelings aside and you just got to do what you got to do to try to be in contention. How were you able to hang on to that car? Cause you got shot up into the third groove. The marbles have been there all day. And then you had a, a three wide battle and eventually got by him. But um, it, it was, I was in awe of that. You were able to hang on to the car. Not only that, but then past the other two being on the high side of three wide. <laughs> Our car was just really good all day. You know, they made me, I think like Mike and Byron and Carol Campbell, Mike Keen, they make me look good behind the wheel, just having a good car like that to drive and, to have it it was really good knowing that i was stuck three wide and the thing was still digging on the outside like that but at the end of the day you know you're just in, in a position when you get hit or bumped or whatever you're just kind of hanging on to it for dear life and fortunately enough he, he got into me but it wasn't enough to completely spin us around at the fence but it's one of those things where he kind of he rolled the dice you know it could have been could have gone either way you could have done that and then had us or had me spin and both of us go to the back but um it did it was i guess the positive was we were able to at least rally back for a second you know, when you got out of the car after the race was over, you looked like you were calculated and thinking to yourself how you were going to respond. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you finally walked down. Some guys would charge the car and make a big deal out of it. It looked like you actually asked yourself, "What? Should, how should I respond to this? Yeah, no, it's tough. You know, when we're representing sponsors and people, and people love drama, and it'd be fun to get out and fight on the front stretch. But <laughs> at the end of the day, when you're representing people like that, you kind of just got them. I guess, keep your composure for the most part. And I hadn't seen the replay yet. So it's one of those things when you're driving, you know, it's easy to get hot and frustrated. And of course I was, you know, I would have loved to jump in the side window, start swinging at him or something. But at the end of the day, that's just not the way to go about it. There is an awesome photo out there about you leaning in front of the car uh, onto the, on the front of the car there with your, uh, with your kid. Does having kids kind of put that in perspective for you as well? And even though it's the biggest race of the year for you, knowing that, you know, their future is more important than that and, and they're more important than that? 100%. And I was telling my wife yesterday, the day before, like having kids or having my son or daughter at the track, it puts things into perspective real quick for you. And I think it's saved me a few times. It keeps you in check emotionally for the most part, at least from completely going off the rails and to have him there and there was a cool photo of him with me there in the front of the deal which you know you'll have for a lifetime so it's cool to be in those experiences and have them to kind of keep you in check absolutely um do you have any plans coming up for the next year settled out here are you going to run srl where can we find you next year uh we're not sure yet we got to sit down here in the next week or so and kind of iron that out and uh hopefully you know we'll be able to run some more It'd be nice to be able to travel more around the country run some of these bigger races against these bigger teams and um, do that kind of thing. But um, hopefully here in the near future, we'll know some more. Yeah. You come on up to the Midwest, man. We'll root you on. Yeah. We're going, <laughs> we're going to the snowball. Man, we, we are going to the snowball. To. Derby. Logistically it worked out. You know, we are going to the snowball derby next year. So we definitely want to catch up with you while we're down there next year. 
Sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, congratulations on another great season. I mean, winning 10 of 12 races, almost got 11 out of 12 there. Another SRL Series Championship. Great job by you and your crew. And, and again, we appreciate it. It's great job the whole year. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh, we can keep the momentum going. Absolutely. And we, we hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, Derek. Hey, likewise, guys. Have care. Take care and have fun. Yep, have a good Thanks, weekend. Thanks, Derek. Yep, bye. You too. Well, Mark, again, it was great having Derek Thorne on. You know, his responses are so, so great to hear. He really thinks about it. You heard it in the interview. You even mentioned it. He's very calculated. There is one thing that I wanted to mention to him. Uh, we got a winter storm last night, so I was uh, up snowblowing this morning. And I was thinking about Derek a little bit, knowing we had this interview coming up. And he reminds me a lot of Martin Truex Jr., where Martin Truex Jr. has been moved a few times, you know, and probably very similar. You think about Joey Logano against Martin at uh, Martinsville a few years back. And, you know, Martin just refuses to race people that way. And, and I, I mentioned it on the interview with him. He reminds me a lot of Martin Truex Jr. in that way. Yeah, I can see that too, for sure, man. You know, the thing that I got out of it is, is uh, you know, when I asked him how be calculated of how you're going to react once when you get out of the, the heat of battle, and his reaction, I think, gained so many fans. The sportsmanship that he showed is just uh, unbelievable, man. He gained a lot of fans the way he reacted afterwards. Absolutely. You know, the one thing, he's just a stand-up guy. Uh, I remember reaching out to him before the Snowball Derby last year when we were doing those interviews. And unfortunately, we're, we weren't able to do those this year with our busy schedule. But uh, he was very quick on the response saying, yep, absolutely, I'll do it. I'll help you guys out. I want to come on. Just a stand-up guy. And you see that after these tough losses. <laughs> yeah, it takes a big man to, you know, to, uh, to, to act that way, you know? Yeah, you're right. When you ask about children and, and be an example for your children and, and your sponsors and everything, you know, so many guys would have got up and just absolutely went over there and yeah, grabbed the, the winner or whatever, you know? Um, I thought his reaction was just, couldn't be any better. That was just perfect. Good sportsmanship by Derek. Absolutely. And, and the reason I ask that is because I have two children now and I, it does not that I was fiery or feisty and I'm not a race car driver myself, even though I wanted to in the worst way it, you think about that at times and now and, and how you react and they're watching you and you know, it's, it's incredible what, what they do in your life. Yeah. You know, you're in the seat for three hours, you know, just battling, you know, and then in, you know, your, your bubble gets popped there and then, you know, you, you, uh, disappointment and, you know, and just like you work so hard. I mean, could you imagine he would have swept the whole weekend, man? He had it all, you know, the whole weekend, he the poles and the, then the snow, snowflake win. And then, you know, to come that close and then uh, and get taken away like that, it's got to be major frustrating. Um, he hasn't even looked at the replay yet, so um, <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, it's it's still burning just a little bit yet. <laughs> and I'll say this, kind of end it here, you could see the composure and the determination this at this year's Snowball Derby weekend, and I think a lot of that stems, stems from what happened last year as well. And I think you're going to see even more of that going into next year. You know, you asked the question that I wanted to ask was, is this going to change your driving style? You know, that is, that is just an ultimate question where you, you just like, you know, if, if, if the roles are reversed, uh, 
how's he going to react? You never know, you know, but he says, no, he's, he's been successful for everything that he's doing. There's no need to do that. But that was an A1 question that you asked him, man. Well, and I just think, I, I would almost think it would have to, right? Especially, you know, get away with it once, even though it's different drivers, different situations happen to it once. Okay. I'm not going to, but happen to you twice. I think personally that would weigh on me and I would change something, but um, I think, again, that goes towards him and what he believes and he's strong willed and and doesn't think that he should or, or needs to, to change anything. Yeah, well, the fire is going to burn a little hotter next year. You know, he's just going to try just a little bit more. But uh, wow, unbelievable. <laughs> Good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again, Derek, for joining us. We look forward to hooking up with him at some point uh, in the next season. Maybe we'll see him up here. He said he's going to look at, uh, you know, maybe running the bigger races. So hopefully we'll see him up here. That would be a, a treat for sure. That sure would be. And yeah, heck yeah. See how he does around up here with our boys up here. Yep, for sure. Well, uh, let's end this here, Mark. Thanks uh, to you and thanks to Derek again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon for another interview with Jeff Storm next. All right, man. See ya. This has been a production of Double L Sports Network. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.